is real. You know, it's it's uh, human exploitation, whether it's people from Guatemala in our community or from Taiwan or China, or whether it's our own kids. This is absolutely real. And welcome to This Is A Woman podcast. Today I'm here with Opal Singleton and I'm so excited for you to all hear from her. She is the president and CEO of Million Kids, a nonprofit organization dedicated to keeping kids safe from predators, as well as she serves as the training and outreach director for the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. And she's trained more than 500,000 government and individual leaders about labor trafficking, adult and child sex trafficking. And I know a lot of you have been asking, how can we learn more about sex trafficking? How can we get involved in the fight? What can we do? And in between all of Opal just being able to fight for children, she was able to find some time to hop on this podcast. So Opal, we're so glad to have you here today. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure and I, I appreciate you asking and I appreciate a chance to be here. Yes. So Million Little Kids, you're the president and CEO. Could you give just a quick overview to those listening what Million um, Kids is? Okay. Million Kids is a bit different in the uh, advocacy area, if you will, for combating human trafficking. Uh, we are not a victim service provider, but we're a coordinator for the task force, so we know many victim ser uh, service providers. I personally am a post-certified law enforcement trainer. I've been doing this about 15 years. I started in Cambodia, and then in 2010, I began to work with the Riverside County Sheriff Department with their human trafficking task force. As you mentioned, I've traveled all over the U.S. I'm a, I train law enforcement, first responders, school educators, teachers, uh, uh, therapists, uh, all kinds of people about how to keep kids safe from predators, whether it's sex trafficking or social media exploitation. So uh, we're kind of a train the trainer. We're, we're all about prevention and intervention of assisting, especially like foster agencies and people like that because foster kids are the most likely to be trafficked in the U.S. So. Well, we're so grateful to have you and everything that you and your organization does. And I think it's so necessary to have that here in the United States. And the thing with human trafficking in the United States, I think there's a good amount of people that like to believe that it doesn't happen here or that it's not happening in their own backyard and it's only happening in neighborhoods that aren't the best or it's not happening here in California because I'm California based just like you are. Um, can you touch a little bit about human trafficking in the United States? You bet. Um, many people now, thank God, have seen the, the movie Sounds of Freedom. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw it myself. I thought that they did an excellent job on it. Uh, but I will, I do want your viewers to know that trafficking in the U.S. is a bit different than what you saw in Sounds of Freedom. And, uh, and, and there's different kinds of trafficking. A lot of people will hear a survivor, which we should listen to, but you think it all looks like that. Or maybe you see a documentary and you think it all looks like that. Human trafficking in the U.S. is a huge subject. We have foreign national trafficking, gang trafficking, what we call domestic trafficking, where 
our kids get caught up with uh, someone who turns out to be a bottom girl or a pimp and they end up going away and being trafficked. So there are a wide variety. And what I hope today is just kind of educate your audience on like some of the different kinds of trafficking, what they look like and what you should do about it if you encounter it. Perfect. Perfect. And that's, like you said, there's so many different kinds. I think I saw the movie, I know, I mean, mostly everyone has seen the Santa Frida movie at this point. And I think they did a phenomenal job, but it does come to the point, okay, so how, what does human trafficking look like here then? Are people, I mean, some people think the children that are being human trafficked here were only brought here from other countries, but it's happening to children that are here and born here, correct? Right. Uh, it, it's happening to our kids here, but it's also happening to people who come from foreign countries and are being sold right here in our community. So to address what happens with our kids first, uh, it very seldom do you have a kidnapping like you saw in that movie in the U.S. I'm not saying it can't happen. It can, but very seldom does it happen like that. Um, I wrote a book. It's an older book now, but still very relevant called Seduce the Grooming of America's Teenagers. And uh, basically what happens, uh, I'll give you an example of you have a 14 or 13 year old girl and a daughter and suddenly she shows up with a 23 year old guy and you don't like this guy, mom and dad, they're saying he's too old for you and you get in those constant fights and mom and dad are saying you're grounded, clean up your room and he's saying, hey baby, you're hot. So mom and dad are not fighting with her and they're not fighting with the boyfriend. What they're doing is they're in a tug of war with the fantasy that he has created in her. And when a parent gets into tug of war with fantasy, they're gonna lose if they don't know how to unpack that. So the first thing is she'll meet, maybe she pursues him online. Maybe they meet in a dating room or a chat site. Uh, maybe they meet at the mall and, uh, or they meet another girl who starts to lure them in. 60% of the girls recruited in the United States into commercial sex uh, are, com are often recruited by another girl. And that is called a bottom girl. That isn't really the term we use, but I use the words they use on the street. <laughs> so we'll call her a bottom girl. But what happens is she's the pimp's right-hand girl. And she, you know, she'll, they'll put her in a high school where they kind of lure her in. And all of a sudden she disappears. And uh, all of this is uh, usually gang uh, oriented in the U.S. 90% of the cases in Southern California have a gang component. Now, that's very, very scary because gangs don't look like they used to. You may not realize you're in talking into a gang at first. Uh, they don't stand on street corners with their bang, uh, boom boxes, okay? Mm -hmm. They use virtual private network and technology to recruit both guys and girls. Next thing you know, poof, they're gone. And what will happen is, and this is very hard for people to hear, but they, you say to yourself, how do you take a perfectly innocent young person and get them to engage in six, eight to 10, 15 times a night where they get almost none of the money? If they understood what they were doing, they would never go that route. But they create it in such a way that he loves her and he's gonna take care of her and they're gonna make a lot of money together. And then they start to take you away. They will break a girl once they get her in the, and it's usually girls, it can't, it, it isn't always girls, it can be guys also, but 
normally in trafficking, it's girls. So they will have her gang raped. Uh, they will film that. They put her out for sale on sex sites um, all over the world. Actually, those phone, uh, those uh, pictures will go out, and then they will move her away. They move her away from her community so she can't get free. And by this time, she feels like she can't get back. Uh, you know, she's she's got quotas. She has to make so much money a night. Uh, she won't get to eat or get to sleep if not. Uh, it gets very violent, quite frankly. They, they not only withhold food, but they will brand the girls. Uh, they'll beat the girls uh, and they will move them from place to place. In some cases, they drug the girls, but not always. And I just say that to you so that you understand if you see a girl drugged, don't just assume that she decided to take those drugs. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's how I think. I, mm -hmm. you know, I look at it and go, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. But I, even though I'm trained, it's a natural reaction. And uh, so that's how they get into it. They usually advertise them online, move them around. Now, as you know, because uh, of the work that you do also, California passed a law this last year that is just devastating to this. And that is SB 357. And I know in the work that you've done with California Family Council, they have an entire group of people that fought it. I put out $7,000 of my own money to fight that bill. But the laws of California say if you're under 18 and you're engaged in commercial sex, which is a fancy word for prostitution, we don't like to use that word, but that's what's happening. If you're under 18, you're a victim. You don't have to uh, report, there, you know, even if you're there willingly, you're a victim. The problem is that law also says that we cannot force them to get help here in the US or that we can forcibly remove them. If they don't come to law enforcement, there's not a lot you can do. Well, SB 357 changed the penal code for prostitution for the state of California. And it says, and it started January 1st of this 2023, and it says that law enforcement can no longer intervene if you're lurching for the purposes of soliciting street prostitution. Doesn't say if you're soliciting to buy or sell, by the way. And so this is making it much more difficult for law enforcement because supposedly that's an adult law, but you put makeup on a 16 year old, she can look like a 19 year old and you won't know if you can't intervene. So that's what it looks like. It's kind of a forced prostitution uh, because of technology. Many of these are ran from prison, uh, even after you've convicted the people. And the other factor that few people understand when that bill passed is that it isn't just gangs anymore. Gangs are now connected to the Mexican cartel in very specific ways and areas. They're using technology and so they will bring girls up on an open border and put them out for sale here locally. They're bringing in girls from Las Vegas and Phoenix. All of it is about making money that then goes back to the Mexican cartel or in some cases, the Chinese cartels. And so it's uh, literally, if your child gets caught up in it, uh, you need to get help very, very quickly and law enforcement help because uh, once they're in that pipeline, in that w world, it's a, it's a very hard thing. 
And so through SB 357, basically the police officers, their hands are tied if they are witnessing the prostitution just happening on the street, correct? Yes, uh, they're not allowed to intervene. Now, that doesn't mean our, our task forces have, you know, gone out to coffee and taken the day off. They're not going to yeah. do that. They have other means of doing it. Uh, you know, it, that's how it is in law enforcement in California. They, you know, they're trying the no bail law and you're like, really? Now they're making headway on SB 14 that will mm -hmm. at least make um, uh, sex, uh, child sex crimes a serious crime and uh, or human trafficking a serious crime, which means the three strikes law will apply. I think they might get that one through and, uh, and uh, California Family Council has done a huge effort on that, and I, I not applaud them. But uh, as law enforcement, and again, I'm, I uh, work with the Riverside County Sheriff, mm -hmm. they do things like pretend to be a 14-year-old girl online and lure in people that might be out there looking to violate a child. <coughs> Excuse me. They're still going after, for instance, the, um, the massage parlors uh, because... Mm -hmm. You know, what you're seeing is Chinese cartel now are bringing in all kinds of Chinese girls and uh, Taiwan girls, Thailand girls, Vietnam, Cambodian girls, and putting them in the massage parlors and putting them out in skincare and illicit um, prostitution areas. And uh, those four girls, I mean, they don't speak English. They didn't know what was going to happen to them. Uh, think about this. You have 15 clients a night and you get none of the money. In fact, your life is in danger because in those cases, sometimes they bring in Johns that are part of other Chinese gangs. And, and this girl won't know what she's getting and she can end up being beat up or harmed. And uh, those are very sophisticated, connected together. And um, our guys still go after those in a big way. That's all about money laundering for the Chinese cartel. So. It's alive and well in California, unfortunately. It's a, it's a dastardly thing uh, to see human beings treated this way. Um, I was especially upset that that bill went through just as we have open borders. I mean, uh, if you come across, you owe money to a coyote. And instead of selling flowers and oranges, now you're selling yourself to pay off that debt. And so, and, and many of these kids are only 14, 15 years old, thinking they're going to come up and get the American dream. So at the same time, you have homelessness, you know, think about this. You're, you're, you need money. You want to make 20 bucks. You're out on the street. This is what you do. So it's the worst time ever in history to pass that bill. But here we are. And I think the people need the truth. And as we begin to close this out, we'll talk about some of the things your people can do. Uh, what I don't want you to do is get involved with the actual act itself and trying to rescue somebody. I always say, I don't want grandma to let the motel taken on the cartel, okay? <laughs> there are other things you can do without getting involved and putting your life at risk. Mm -hmm. And before we get into the how to get involved, I know you kind of talked a lot about technology and it all happening online. And I think 20, 30 years ago, children were just like parents would tell their children, yeah, don't get into a stranger's car. Like, don't talk to strangers. Don't get into the creepy van. And unfortunately, I think there's still a lot of parents telling their kids just that and not realizing that it's 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not really the getting into a creepy van anymore. It's now all happening inside your home on the child's phone, correct? It, that's absolutely true in many, many ways. The, because this is organized crime, they are taking maximum use of technology. And, uh, and it'll play out in many different ways. So before I really get into the technology, let me just share with your audience here. You don't have to be pretty to be a victim of this or get into prostitution. You know, these people will sell an 800 pound purple elephant. They do not care what you look like. All they care about is, are you available and are you vulnerable? And this is why foster kids are so vulnerable because they're looking for relationships online to fill that hole in their heart. And one of the challenges that we have here is that, and I do a lot of this in my training plus a movie that we released, uh, is to teach kids, how can you tell when you're about to be in trouble online? Because our kids are going online, meeting all kinds of total strangers. I share with uh, a case that I, wasn't a case, but a situation I had. I spoke at a rotary and a, a mother, great mother, by the way, very wonderful lady. And she had a daughter and she's saying, my daughter has a million followers on TikTok. And I'm like, that's not a big deal. A lot of people have 5 million followers on TikTok now that want to be influencers, okay? But okay, how old is your daughter? Well, she's 11. So I share with mom, and by the way, I share this in high school to kids. And if you're watching this podcast and you have kids, ask them this question. If that girl is 11 years old and she has a million followers, what percentage of them are pedophiles or pimps or bad guys? You know, and the answer, I'm not sure, but let's say it's 1%. Is your 11 year old girl able to go online and determine which one's a good guy and which one's a bad guy? and not get involved because gangs will put their 16, 18, 20 year old guys online mm -hmm. and they began to go in these chat rooms. By the way, my LOL is one of the biggest ones. That's a dating site, my LOL, but they go into chat rooms and hookup sites and they'll, they say, Hey baby, you're hot. You know, where are you located? What do you like? And they start talking. And the next thing you know, this girl's trusting the same as she's dating the guy down the street. But if you're dating the guy down the street, you can tell if they're living in mom's basement or they don't bathe except on Tuesdays, okay? You can tell. But online, you can tell them. So I teach kids several things. One is the first thing they do is they will move you from one app to the other. That's a big hint right there. If you're uh, on a dating site and they go, oh, let's, you know, they're listening, let's go off site and we'll talk between ourselves. If you're on TikTok, they'll move you to Instagram. If you're on Instagram, they move you to Snapchat. They will move you around trying to verify that you're not law enforcement because they know we're working undercover. And number two, that you're willing to follow. The second thing you can tell when you're in really big trouble is they'll say, this is our little secret. Do not tell anybody. Hello, you hear those words, you run for your life. I, I tell kids, you should never put anything online you won't send to your grandma. Okay, and I know that's corny, but it's a good rule of thumb. And on top of it, if they're moving you and now they say, look, this is between us, you go and tell everyone you know, because they have just put you in a box. You're the only one that can't tell. 
And once kids start to understand what to look for, they're, they're asking all the questions, you're giving them all the information, they're making demands and you're doing all the giving in. You know, that's not a relationship. So they'll use dating sites, they use hookup sites. The way you're not a victim is you know who you are and what you stand for. You know, you have that strength of character and you decide, I'm too good for this. I am not gonna let some creep I've never met mess up my life for the rest of my life. And right off the bat, you walk away. If they start wanting pictures or sending pictures, run, maybe run, but do it appropriately. Do not go, by the way, I wanna throw this in. Mom and dad, if somebody's seducing your child, male or female, do not go on and tell that guy, hey, you creep, leave my kid alone, I'm going to the cops. Don't do that, don't alert them. But screenshot any photos, even if your child sent photos, hopefully not, but if they did, screenshot them and don't delete them and quietly take them to the cyber crimes unit because that's how we are able to find out who these guys are. Mm -hmm. Gangs are using all kinds of technology. They use virtual private network. They have a new one now that's called uh, DAO, just associated uh, something like that, anonymity, but it's a a closed chat room that might have 25,000 people on it. And uh, and so like gangs like MS-13, which prey on these unaccompanied minor girls in our schools, by the way, will use that kind of technology. So that's kind of how it's done. And so what you need to do is sit down with your child and you know, when they're 11, 12, before they ever go on a device, and explain who the bad guys are and where that photo is gonna go if they ever send a photo. That they'll never get it back. It can go to a million people just like that in some of these child pornography rings. But so they're looking online for our kids. And so I hope that's helpful for parents. And for the parents that are listening, what advice, because unfortunately there are a lot of 12, 13 year olds on social media and I mean, I think my number one advice would be like, do not even let your child be on social media until they're older. But what do parents need to be aware of? Is there ways for them to even recognize that this is happening to their child or on their child's phone if their child isn't talking to them about it? Is there... I, first of all, I'll, I'll start off with the movie that we made because it is available out there. And I think, you know, if your child now has a device or you're about to give a child a device, everyone ought to see that movie. And so if they go to sextortion, that's the word sex and extortion without that E in there, sextortion uh, film, sextortionfilm.com, it'll show you all the places it's live streamed. And the name of the movie is Sextortion, the Hidden Pandemic. And it's on Amazon, iTunes, Apple TV, all of those. And it's, uh, it was filmed inside Homeland Security. And it's all about basically how sextortion works and the impact on it. So the first thing I think is you all should watch that movie. The other thing I think is that parents need a contract with the child. Uh, you cannot afford to say, you be careful on that thing now, okay? That is, those days are long over. Sit down with your child and get a contract. This is my phone, I'm paying for it, but I believe in you. So I'm gonna give you this phone. But because it's my phone, I check it from time to time. And if you ever have anything on there, we're gonna talk about the dangers of it. 
uh, we will follow me and kids and we will see the stories that are out there and we're going to talk about them. You won't have any apps on your phone that I don't understand how they work and I have them on my phone. And I'm doing that not because I don't trust you. In fact, I want you to be a leader. I'll share with you my other book that I wrote was Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. If you think about what's happening in our society, this is, I think it's the most important time in all of history to be a parent and also to be a leader because this is the first generation in all of history that will literally be alive as the entire world is connected by internet. And the kids that are 14, 15, 16, 20, they are the leaders of the most important generation of all time. It's the first time that God has allowed all of us to come together, okay? Except maybe the Tower of Babel. I don't know if that's philosophy, <laughs> right? But, but think about what that means. But also when you realize your child will be able to reach the whole world, but the whole world can reach our child. That has never happened in, in life before. So, so I believe how we train up this generation of young people to handle technology with respect and responsibility will set the stage for all future generations. And so in many ways, it's the greatest time in all of history to be a parent, to be a leader, and to make leaders of our children. So you, you draw up a contract, number one, I'm gonna, you're, this, you're gonna be a leader with this. I'm gonna trust you with it, but I'm also gonna look at it. And I wanna know every app that's on there. And I want you to explain them to me. And as I see cases where kids are violated through a particular app, we'll talk about it because I'm gonna follow a million kids and I'll see those cases, okay? <laughs> but, but at the same time, because it's on our Facebook and everything, it's what we do is post cases. But we'll talk about how did that happen? And then what could be done different and what that person is going through? They've been victimized. And um, so that's the number one thing. And, and on top of it, you will never have a calculator app on the front of your phone. If you do, you will give me the password or you don't have a phone because that's how kids hide, okay? What's on their really parents go on their admin and subtracting. That's wrong. So that's one. Number two is that when you go out there, you will hopefully never ever send any kind of erotic photo out there. Mm -hmm. But quite frankly, there's something called deep fakes that are because of artificial intelligence now, uh, pedophiles all over the world, by the way, will come in and remove the head of one kid and put it on a naked body of another kid and start to blackmail them. So I need your word that you will never send anything erotic or sexual online. I don't care how much you love them or trust them. But if you get caught up in that, I need your word you're gonna to come to me. So uh, I know this is a human trafficking, but I wanna make sure your parents understand what's happening. What will happen is your child will go online and build a relationship with someone they think is their age, and then they will sneak out. So that's part of your contract. They will never ever sneak out and meet up with someone they met online. They get raped, they get murdered, they disappear. It's, it's really a nightmare. Number two, hopefully you will never send those photos, but if you get caught in it, you will come to me. And number three, you won't do anything crazy like take your own life. What is happening right now is as the entire world connects, this is the biggest thing going right now with Homeland Security and FBI. 
uh, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, uh, Philippines, Pakistan. They are bringing their poor children and they are, it's like slave labor. China is a big thing in Cambodia. And they will come on and pretend to be a 14 year old girl in a video game chat room. And think about this. We are putting our kids online as they're going through puberty. They're hot and heavy. They're playing a video game that has all kinds of sex in it, okay? Now they're talking to a hot 14 year old girl and the next thing you know, they'll say, I didn't send a photo. No, they're on live streaming and they forget that camera works both ways. And then suddenly here it comes and these are from these third world countries and they are so brutal, our kids are committing suicide and mostly males, young males. And uh, we talk about this on, on Million Kids so parents can see it. What happens is immediately, I need $3,500 or I'm gonna destroy you. And these are not kids that are at risk. These are kids who are high, uh, you know, homecoming kings and uh, straight A students and very popular and somebody you would never dream would take their own life. And they give very little indication to a parent and they just panic. And they, what'll happen is the telemarketing company will create a, a, a nude photo and then they will take a screenshot of their Instagram followers and they will post that with all their followers. And they say, this is you. And the kid will go, I'm gonna kill myself. Go ahead, you're, you're a dead man walking anyway. And we are seeing a rash of suicides. So all of this needs to take place with parents sitting down, you know, don't get caught up. Don't let yourself become a victim of sex trafficking. Don't let yourself get caught up on some illicit photo and whatever you do, I'm going to be there for you you're not alone. This is not the end of the world. We will walk through it. So that's a lot of heavy stuff I've just given you, but it's things that parents need to know. And uh, I think that so many of us kind of live in a bubble and go, well, you know, I hope they'll be able to be okay. But it is, hope is not a strategy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a key point you make with the parents when they talk to their children that it's not just sitting down and telling them, here's all the awful things that can happen, so don't do it. It's the, if you do get caught up in this, I am yes. here for you. And we yes. will walk through this and we will get through this because I think when you, as you were touching on sextortion, I mean, I've heard stories where it all happened in one night. The child was on a device, sent nude photos, and now has never been suicidal in his life and now has committed suicide because they think it's their only option. And obviously that's not the parent's fault, that's not the child's fault, but I think if a child is aware, no matter what trouble I've gotten myself into, my parents will help me through it. I think that, I mean, that statement alone will save lives. Um, but to also touch on the sextortion thing, I think a lot of parents, again, was seeing the Sound of Freedom movie, I think human trafficking and sex trafficking, everyone's, what's going on? How can I make sure my kids never get into this, all that? But as you touched on with sextortion, your child never even needs to leave their bedroom to it's then right. have these photos out of them. And so I think there needs to be almost a change in mindset of, yes, we still need to focus on what can happen when your child is out on a walk or at a grocery store or something but just the safety of your own home but with that part as well do you see the girls that are meeting the guys online i mean we were talking about they send the photos and all of that but are we still seeing the next step of meeting them in person 
and oh, yes. still go- and how do they get stuck in that is there a way for them to get out of that yes uh, that is really a scary thing at this point and we really have to have dialogue with our kids about it uh, the kids that are at risk are the foster kids and uh, divorced homes, that kind of thing. Uh, because what has happened is they they hang on to that relationship. They're sure this is going to be somebody. If you think about it, so many of those kids don't have a core relationship. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're looking for somebody that, you know, that they can prove that will make them worthwhile. And uh, see, this person loves me, so I'm valuable. And so they began to take those chances. And that's true whether they're foster kids or kids who are broken home, and sometimes in in, uh, two-parent households. So the first thing you do is begin to know your child and and, uh, know what's going on. Now, working with foster kids, that's something else that we do that your, your people can help, and I'll come back to that. But if you have it within your family unit, sit down and talk about how this works. Uh, you might even want to look up, um, there's a YouTube online called Bianca uh, Sex Trafficking, a girl who, who was in the life. She tracked him down uh, and it was brutal. By the time she finally got out, it was really, really brutal. I share that because the biggest thing you have to overcome is it won't happen to me. You're unable to project, especially if you're 13, 14 years old, uh, you're not able to project where this is gonna go. And uh, it turns out a little bit like domestic violence, you blame yourself. And then that kid starts to disappear. Now, online social media exploitation, what'll happen is that they go on and, you know, they, they try to build trust. And it's amazing how many kids will send that photo in a very short period of time. Uh, you know, good kids, straight A students, that kind of thing. Some things for parents to watch for if you think your child's caught up in sextortion. Uh, the first thing is they'll get very secretive. You walk down the hall, they close their door. Uh, they take their, their tablet and turn it over. They're barring somebody else's phone. Uh, on top of it, they may not be able to sleep or their, their personality will change a little bit. Uh, and guys, they just kind of shut down. They don't know how to communicate what happens. Girls, they may become kind of erratic emotionally, uh, having outbursts and that kind of thing. Uh, they change their school habits because they're being told these photos are going to go all over the school. And by the way, that's part of sex trafficking, too. If they've been able to get a girl in a compromising position that they took photos of, the gangs will say, you're ruined. We're, we're putting this all over the school. And uh, so they'll start missing school, maybe a particular class or like that. They'll start to run away when they never did that before because they don't know what to do. They're panicked and they can't tell anybody. Keep in mind, we're putting kids online just as they go through puberty. You know, for many of our kids, their first sexual encounter will be a virtual sexual encounter. And if it's one that's shame-based, it changes who they are for the rest of their life. And it makes them much easier to become sex trafficking victims because they're saying, I'm ruined anyway. You know, they're running me at school, the photos are out there and like that. So so they'll start missing school. Uh, they start to run away. They change their eating. They can't sleep. Uh, maybe they need a lot of money. Uh, that's one to watch for, especially with guys. If they're in one of those blackmails of foreign telemarketing, they want 3,500 bucks. And suddenly we're stealing from grandma or borrowing money mm-hmm. from grandma or cashing in the family money somehow. Uh, so pay attention to those kinds of things. 
The key is get a relationship, make an agreement between yourselves, pay attention and let them know right then and there, look, this is a crazy world you're gonna grow up in, but I see you being a leader, but I also want you to know if this goes bad, it might be a deep fake, who knows, but they will convince you that you're ruined. You're never ruined in my eyes. I'm right here for you. In fact, I tell parents, don't just tell them straight up front, there's no such thing in my life as damaged goods, okay? That's the first thing a pimp or, or a predator will do to you. You're damaged goods. You, you can't go back. Everybody knows you're a, a person of ill repute, okay? <laughs> keep, keep it clean. But they will tell them that, and the kid just goes, I'm ruined. It's over. And they will then change their behavior. We need to right now get in front of all that, tell kids there is no such thing as damaged goods and there's no such thing as too late. You can't ever go back. I'm right here for you. I hope that you will be a leader, but if you get caught up in one of these things, we're gonna get through it together. Mm -hmm. I love that because myself being a Christian, I see it the same way as we're supposed to see that Jesus loves us and God loves us. There's nothing we can do to lose our salvation. And so it's like a parent having that same love for their child. There's nothing you can do that I won't stand here with you and I won't love you and I won't walk through this with you. But also, um, real briefly earlier, you touched on with open borders now. Can we dive into a little bit about how having open borders is just leading to more human trafficking into the United States? Yeah, it's actually happening in many ways, and it's it's uh, it just breaks my heart. I've been in this business a long time, and it's almost like we have a, a major coming together of events of homeless, uh, unaccompanied minors, people who owe money to a coyote. Uh, now SB three five seven is out there, and uh, it's just a, a a crazy crazy time. Right here in Riverside uh, area, we had a case the Paredes family case. By the way, when you when you get into foreign national trafficking, whether it's a, a Chinese or Taiwanese or a Guatemalan or, or Russia, and by the way, I'm not against any of the people. I love the people. But just as in our country, they get victimized. And, uh, and so what will happen is they come in and there is a difference between smuggling and trafficking. Maybe we should start there. Uh, in smuggling, you pay a coyote money and he brings you in, regardless of where you're from. Uh, that's not human trafficking. That is smuggling, and whether it's not popular or not, but you've broken federal law, okay? But you're not a victim of trafficking at that point. But historically, here's what happens. They, the family down in Guatemala or somewhere in China, they will, the cartels will say, I'll get your child in. Sometimes they come in legally, by the way on student visas and work visas, but I'll get your child in and they can go to school and make a lot of money. And so that family borrows money from organized crime. So already their family back home's in trouble. The number one thing you will hear in a foreign national victim, whether it's you know Southeast Asia or South America, is I have to do this or they're gonna hurt my family back home. That is true. So from smuggling to, to trafficking, smuggling, you pay your coyote money, it brings you in, lets you go, which almost never happens, but you're not a victim of trafficking. What happens is they bring you in and you pay your coyote money and they hold you. They hold you in a stash house and they say, I need another 7,000. 
or I'm going to I'm going to murder your family back home. And the, that's the reason why the victim will tell you, I have to do this or they're going to hurt my family. And so one of the things your audience can do is pay attention to your neighborhoods because they bring them in and they put them in drop houses or stash houses. And sometimes, uh, you know, I had a, a case that I worked with out of, or I didn't work with it, but I saw out of Arizona. She was 26 with two little kids. She had, her family had already paid $30,000 to get them here. They held her hostage with 56 men, one woman, two kids, 56 men in a very small house with one barely working bathroom. And they told her we need another 6,000 or we won't let you go, even though she had given 30,000. And so this is the reason why I keep saying just because they're on our soil does not make them safe. The other problem with it is you're not seeing truckloads of coyotes go home. And by the way, many coyotes are women. Uh, and we think they're all gonna be these obvious, you know, like the mafia kind of guys. Mm -hmm. you, you don't realize what is happening. It's absolutely brutal. I've, I've seen cases, one, the last case I looked at, there were a lot of people in this house. His man couldn't come up with the money and they took a hatchet and chopped his hand off and threw it against the wall and, it, and just told everybody in the room, you know, if you don't come up with the money, you're next. And so on our own soil, in our neighborhoods, this is happening. So if you see a house like this, do not get yourself involved. You know, contact your local police department and tell them, you know, anonymously, confidentially, this address, I think this is happening. Or I would invite every one of your viewers to, uh, we're getting some feedback here, uh, invite every one of your viewers to uh, pay attention and know your entire neighborhood. This is like the old neighborhood watch, okay? Watch a house because uh, smuggling and uh, drop houses are connected to your little pot grows and they're also often connected to uh, these big uh, retail theft rings that you see where they go into Home Depot and they they will walk out with a $600 generator and so all of that is about especially Chinese money laundering so watch for your houses around you if you have a house that nobody's living in Pay attention, get to know who owns that house. Is this a rental? If suddenly a van shows up with a bunch of girls and then a bunch of guys start showing up, call the police. Don't wait and go to code enforcement or go, I wonder what's going on there. Do not go down there and talk to them, okay? If you have a house that doesn't have normal activity like families going, coming and going and going to work, all the windows are closed off, uh, maybe the windows are screwed shut or uh, a nail shut. Uh, it'll have an additional uh, garage. They come and go late at night with fans. Uh, that may be an illegal pot grow. And what they'll do is use people from, especially China in our area, about 90% of, of Riverside County and San Bernardino County that has illegal pot grows are run by Chinese cartels that are abusing people. They bring people in, they force them to stay in that house, mine that, and many of them get violated. They don't get paid. All the money is going back to the cartel. So we have a lot of illegal pot grows that are ran by people from Southeast Asia that speak Spanish. And uh, they are locked in these houses. So pay attention and let law enforcement know, you know, if you're seeing unusual activity in your house, pay attention. 
same kind of thing. You see a, a massage parlor or uh, a business like that. They don't have the normal menu. Uh, their hours are usually late at night. A lot of times the entrance is through the back door. If you happen to see it, if you're in a business that's associated across the street, you'll see a lot of men coming and going. Do not get involved. Don't go over there. Uh, but let law enforcement know. Now, just because you reported, don't expect it to be shut down the next day. A lot of times, these massage partners, they might be a ring of, you know, 10, 15, 20 massage partners across the U.S., and they're moving the girls around. And uh, But if they know, they can check the financial records, and what you'll start to see is it's organized crime. And when you're saying to let law enforcement know, is it just now you just call up your local police station and talk to them? Or, okay. A non-emergency line. They, all law enforcement have non-emergency lines. Now, you can report to the uh, national hotline and do that anonymously. The big problem with that is they took something like 29 million reports last year. So mm -hmm. they're struggling to stay up. And so uh, it's something like that. Um, I would just report it to your non-emergency hotline and say, I'm not sure what I'm seeing, but here's what I'm seeing. Somebody maybe needs to check that out. And don't expect them to show up. It, it might be a month before they do because they're going to shut down a whole ring of them. Perfect. And for everyone that is listening and, you know, they saw the Sound of Freedom movie, they're tuning in, they're trying to figure out the best way to get involved. And it's not just they want to do more than just call if they see something happening. So what are ways they can actively get involved to combat human trafficking and all of that? Well, there are there are many different levels. Okay, let me start at the base level. The base level is talk to your children, talk to your grandchildren. And by the way, grandma and grandpa, do not assume that they're not going to listen to you. Even if they don't, you're trying. And so that's the first thing. Start at home. Have these understandings with your kids. Teach your kids about human trafficking. Teach them about sextortion. Watch that movie. Form a group together of this family they're not going to violate my family, okay? We're going we're gonna to be leaders in this together. So even if you just go on about your daily work and you don't want to be an advocate like I am, you know, there are things you can do. There are other things you can do, like uh, come in with the foster kid community. Uh, we will oftentimes, me and kids, we just did one, about, probably about to do another, where we did a, a bedding drive for foster kids. And it was so much fun. I, I, I can't tell you how much fun I had. <laughs> My work is kind of dark, so this was really cool. We at home and we got, you know, bunny rabbits and we got quilts, and, or what do you call them, comforters and matching sheets and bunny rabbits and uh, dinosaurs and all kinds of things. Packaged them all up. And as we talk about, I believe the four most powerful words on earth to combat this is I believe in you. And uh, because that's what a pimp's selling. That's what a predator selling online. Hey, baby, you're hot. You know, you're, yeah, I really love you kind of thing. So we put an, I believe in you, you coin in with each one to go off to a foster kid. Your first night in foster care is terrifying. Now you have something new and exciting and all your own. Uh, so it, just crazy things like that. The same way kids uh, coming out of the foster system and going in and getting their own apartment. You know, we, we will do transitional kind of things where, uh, for instance, if you're a church or youth group can maybe adopt a foster kid that's about to go out on their own and everybody go to a garage sale and help them decorate. 
and give them something to lose. You know, most of our kids arrive at, at, as they're going off to college and they have more stuff than they can pack in a car. But a foster kid does not, you know. So those are small little things. If you're in a church and you have a foster family, sit down with that family and say, how can we support what you're doing with your foster child? Do they need a, a soccer outfit or can I enroll them in Taekwondo that you may not be able to afford, but they want to? Because most of those kids don't get to do those things. They don't have that money. So that's one level. The next level is if you want to really understand what's going on, you really have to keep yourself educated. And so it depends on how much you want to be in it. I don't believe everybody needs to be a little local. My life is crazy. I never thought I'd end up with this, you know. I'm nearing 700,000 people and I do, you know, I just got remarried um, two and a half years ago because my husband died. Uh, and so I do this night and day and have for 10 years. I don't recommend it. It's a, not that I'm sorry for what I did, but I will tell you it's all consuming. Mm -hmm. uh, this kind of business, if you get this level. If you wanna be trained, I don't know when this is gonna air, but uh, this Saturday at uh, Calvary Chapel in Corona, we're having a, um, a train the trainer. But I have a, a nucleus of people. I have all this stuff in my head that I'm more than happy to download to others because I'm getting old. And uh, so let's build your foundation where you start where I'm at and you go from there. And so by following million kids and, you know, we have million kids insider alerts where I just did one yesterday about how to make presentations about this. Uh, I'll do, if we have a new case, it's about uh, child pornography or, or sextortion. I also have me and kids supporters on Facebook. If you go to Facebook, ask to be part of me and kids supporters. You have to be admitted to that. And it's about 200, 250 people where I post new cases, sometimes two and three times a day, and I give a commentary. Uh, it takes a lot of research, a lot of, I, I probably don't publish more than 5% of what I see, 8%. Mm -hmm. uh, in my case, I want to see it all come together, how money laundering and cartels and, and uh, you know, the laws and, and uh, child pornography and, and sex extortion all work together. Um, but you don't have to do that. You, you can pick a subject and become an expert and start to go out and train. You can also support safe houses. Uh, I'm not one, but uh, I don't know how those people do that. Once a girl has been in a life, and let's say some teenager fell in love with some gang guy, I'll give you an example. There was a girl from Madeira, and uh, that she was 14, she was beautiful. Her parents could not stop her. She was adopted when she was one, and they gave her everything, including a lot of Christian structure. But at 14, she ran off with one of our gang guys down here, and they're 200 miles away. The parents have no idea where she went. She just, poof, one day she's gone. So in that case, Million Kids runs Million Kids Missing Kids. And when you sign up with our social media, you get all these flyers to help us find runaway and missing kids. But this girl was sold into five different gangs over an eight week period. Her life will never be okay. She was moved from one town to another town, to another town, to another town. Our, our task force couldn't catch up with her because she wasn't being sold online like most sex trafficking. She was being traded amongst the underground gangs and uh, she'll never be okay, never. Uh, she, hopefully she'll recover, 
but it is those people that do safe house work that do the recovery of that. Uh, I mean, they are saints. I couldn't do that, you know, all day, every day. That is heavy, heavy stuff. But if you're going to get involved in this, including at the end of this show, by the way, be good to yourself. This is heavy, heavy stuff, especially if you're if you have children, you know, that you're trying to protect. And men absorb it even more than women of uh, trying to protect their daughters. And if their daughter gets violated, uh, you know, churches need to set up counseling for a sextortion victim. And I can train them and can show them what to look for and that kind of thing. But it destroys an entire family. It's not just the victim. So you can put your arms around people that provide advocacy services. Or if you're a counselor or, or a therapist, uh, I can train you on what to do and, and so that you can help others. There are many ways to deal with this, but if you do nothing else, I believe the most important things you can do are the four words, I believe in you. And make that your motto, that's our motto, okay? And we have we sell challenge coins so grandparents can give them to their kids and parents can give them to their kids, spouses can give them to each other. But quite frankly, that's what we all wanna hear. Mm-hmm. Every one of us will get up and want to know that somebody believes in us, that we're special. And I believe that you can use those four words without ever buying our coins, by the way, but you can use those four words in a way that will help people, people being such a need of that approval so you get, get compromised. And that, that I believe is the most important thing you can do, especially if you're putting your child on social media. Amazing. And for all of you that are either listening or watching, I will go ahead and put all the information about Million Kids and all the books that Opal's written and the movie that um, she mentioned earlier all in the caption or the show notes so you guys will all be able to access that. And how you mentioned um, training people either at churches or different events. If someone's interested in that, the best way to reach out to you for that is through Million Kids, correct? Or Yes, millionkids.org. And my name is Opal, and then the email is opal at millionkids.org. Perfect. Thank you. And then is there... I always like to just open it up to the end to either one final piece of advice or something that you haven't had the chance to say that you would like to share with everyone. So I just want to open up the floor for that. Okay, well, thank you. But this is real. You know, it's it's a human exploitation, whether it's people from Guatemala in our community or from Taiwan or China, or whether it's our own kids. This is absolutely real. And I have worked in this business long enough to know is let's start it, stop it before it starts. Uh, that is the most important thing you can do. Open conversation, educating each other, following being kids, seeing the cases, talking about how this happens. So our kids are leaders, not victims. You know, in, in life, you get a choice. You can either be a victim or a victor. And we're putting kids online without them understanding the world they're living in or who those people are out there. And that is just insanity to me that we would ever do that. It's a little bit like taking your 12 year old down to the strip club and leaving them off for five minutes and seeing how, okay, I'm getting crusty here. But you get what I'm saying. Most people never have that conversation past. You be careful on that thing now. Parents have got to get educated. 
You know, if your church is, if you're a church environment, get a tech squad to teach all your parents the common apps. Uh, have an emergency tech squad in case the parent needs to have someone look at their phone. Uh, talk about these kinds of things in Sunday school class. Talk to your kids about social media. Half your kids will tell you what happens online isn't real. Killing isn't real, sex isn't real. So one group of kids told me sin on the internet wasn't real, really. I hope that works out for them. Okay. Yeah. But have hard conversations and don't look away. We, we are challenged to live at the most exciting and terrifying time in all of history. So let's all be successful together. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Opal. And this was just, I mean, it was beyond helpful for me to even just hear from you. So I know this is going to be great for everyone listening. And thank you for just providing all the information. And thank you for what you're doing. I know this is a heavy job to be doing day in and day out. And so we will be praying for you. But again, everyone listening, um, you'll be able to find all the information and the links and books and movies and everything Opal mentioned all in the show notes. So thank you so much, Opal. Thank you. I appreciate you.